0: Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We
1: behold the glory God, in the face of Christ, it shows us-
0: On today's program, we'll continue our look at Abraham's life and see how his greatest trial showcased his faith and secured all the blessings that God had promised to him. of Cheryl's message titled, All the Promises of God.
1: And he begins the ascension on the hell of Moriah that God is showing him. On the way up, Isaac's like, okay, God, I mean, dad, we've got wood, got a torch with fire, really missing like one thing, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, my son. God will provide for himself the lamb for burnt offering. The sacrifice will be what God provides. It is what God will give. But God has already given Isaac to Abraham. When they come to the specified place, Abraham builds the altar. He puts the wood in order. And then he binds Isaac who is probably between 30 and 33 years old. But Isaac does not resist his old man, his old father, who's probably by this time 130 or so. Isaac does not resist like, hey dad, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> little dementia here, dad. You know, follow my finger. You know, can you see me? How many of me are there? He, he cooperates with his father. There is no resistance. When Abraham lifts the knife, the angel or messenger of the Lord stops him. Note that the angel of the Lord calls Abraham by name. Abraham, there can be no mistake, it's you. And he repeats it. Anytime the Bible repeats a name or a theme, it's because the surety of that thing. So the name is repeated. This is what God does when he wants someone's full attention. Martha, Martha. Because she's like, Mary, Mary. Did you see what Mary's, she's so distracted. Martha, Martha. Abraham, Abraham. Do not lay your hand on the lad. And the word lad is the Hebrew word, -er," or young man. Or do anything to him. For now I know or now I see that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Who is this angel of the Lord who speaks of God in the second person, but then speaks of the giving of the sacrifice in the first person the Lord then arrests Abraham's attention, stops him, and he shows him a lamb that is stuck in the thicket. And Abraham calls the place the Lord will provide, or Yahweh Yireh. Here at this place, God's provision, God's way into all of his promises will be seen. The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Isn't it interesting that the word seen is used here? And in John 8 56, Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it in the Mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Years ago, when we were just building our church in Vista, it just only been framed out. I remember my Aunt Issy coming in, she wanted to see it. Um, It was Thanksgiving and I drove her over to the church and Brian was sitting with the board members on the floor because there was nothing but concrete and and wood and and piles of wood and then a a little bit of framing. And I remember she looked at me and her eyes were almost like um, glassy brilliant. It was just incredible. And she looked at me and she said, I see it. And she was looking all around. She said, I see it. I see it. And I'm like, what do you see? What do you see? I'm getting on her level because she's like this tall. What do we we see? It's a good thing I've got this country man, Mike, now that I realize. What do we see? What do we see? She saw it all. I didn't even know where the classrooms fellowship hall, or the main sanctuary was. I was like, what are we seeing? But she saw Abraham on that mountain when God stops him, when God shows him the ram in the thicket caught. He says, I see it. I see it. In other words, I understand this chapter, which has confused so many others. It's the day of Abraham's revelation. The day when he sees Jesus and he rejoices and says, I see it. Here's the way into all the promises. God will provide Himself as the way into all the promises. Then the angel of the Lord, who speaks on God's behalf, swears to Abraham by an oath, by the power of his person and the power of his word, that all the blessings will be passed on through Isaac and only Isaac. Now the blessings are guaranteed. Now the blessings are impregnable, cannot be broken. They're absolute surety from the highest power, highest authority. They are certain. Because you have not withheld your son, your only son, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. What did Abraham do to earn this? He obeyed. He obeyed. Faith and obedience brought Abraham into all the promises of God that hinged on this son. What a promise. God is saying, every time I bless, if I'm going to bless anybody on this earth, you get part of it. Isn't that right? It's like getting going to a birthday party. And they give you just as great a presents as the birthday kid gets. When I was a little girl and I would go to the birthday party, I was uh, raised in Newport Beach. I went to Newport Heights Elementary with all the rich kids. I think I was the poorest kid there. We lived on subsidies of peanut butter that Anne would provide for us from our, her camp. And my dad spread that peanut butter so thin on my sandwiches, you couldn't even see it. <laughs> And it's hard to spread it that thin. I always knew when mom did my lunch because there was an ample amount of peanut butter. It's like, oh, you can see it. Mom must've made it this morning. And I would go to these birthday parties and they would get a bubble, my my three favorite presents as a child. I asked for them every year because I had a brother that would break them every year. So I'd ask for them every year after year after year. A rubber ball, a bubble gum machine, that way you save money and get enjoyment at the same time <laughs> and a cash register. I love, I don't know, those are my three favorites. Not Barbies, those are all hand-me-downs from the girls who got too old in the church. I got some of Terry Fisher's old Barbie dolls. I, um, that's what I got from other people. I never had a new Barbie doll in my life, but the ones I got were so nice and were still in the box. But this is what I wanted every year. And I would see these Newport Beach kids, not to put them down, they're my friends, still. They would like, another bubble bubblegum machine? I'd be like, if you don't want it, <laughs> I'll take it. You know? A rubber ball? If you don't want it, a cash register. And I'd be like, oh, if only. If only, you know, I get one, you get, you know, my mom would say, Cheryl, it's either the rubber ball, the bubble gum machine, or the cash register. I'd be like, don't we have any rich relatives? I didn't even have a grandma and grandpa. You know, it's just mom and dad, and they lived on peanut butter subsidies. You know, what What hope did I have? And these kids would get all of it, but this is like going to a birthday party, and Everyone gets cash registers, you know? God is saying, every time I give a cash register, you get a cash register. Every time I give someone a bubble gum machine, you get a bubble gum machine. Every time someone gets a red rubber ball, you get a red rubber ball. You're like, I don't want those. You Newport women. (laughs) But God is saying to Abraham, every time I bless, I will bless you. Every time I multiply somebody, I'll multiply you. You'll share in it. You're part of all my blessings. You're never removed from my blessings from now on. And your descendants will be victorious over their enemies. All the promises of God hinged on this only son this son of promise, this son from a barren woman, this son whom we loved, this son whom he waited for, the son of covenant, the son of joy, the son who must be offered up completely to God as a burnt offering. And God, as you know, was using Abraham to create a prophetic picture for us that we not, might know that all of God's promises, every good word, every blessing of God, Hinges not on our merit, not on our deeds, but on God's only son, on God's beloved son, on God's promised son, born to barren Israel, born of a virgin by a miracle, the son that was waited for, the son born in the promised land, the son of covenant, The son of joy. Without God's son, there could be no promise forthcoming. No promise realized. No promise claimed. Yet, because of God, because of Jesus, all of the promises of God come to us. All of them, all of them are claimable. All of them can be owned, possessed. Jesus was offered as a burnt offering, a full consecration of his life to God. His entire life, we didn't have any part of it. We, we couldn't do it because we're unrighteous. It had to be fully Jesus, completely Jesus, and only Jesus. Romans 8, 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him? freely give us all things. It was this great moment in Abraham's life that showcased his faith, secured all the promises of God, and brought the possibility of all God's blessings to Abraham. 2,000 years later, when the disciples were disturbed as Jesus talked about his crucifixion, and Peter even went so far as to rebuke the Lord, Matthew 16, 22. Not realizing that Jesus' death on the specified mountain outside the walls of Jerusalem on that wooden cross was the gateway to salvation by faith. It was the gateway to all the promises of God and to the guarantee of all of God's good intentions for man. The rest of Genesis 22 and 23 show us that God's intention was not Isaac's death because God was already at work providing the right bride for Isaac. In fact, in Jeremiah 7:31, 19:5 and 32:35, God reiterates that he has never required and would never want human sacrifice. He said, such a thing has never entered into my mind that a man or woman would give their son as a sacrifice to him. This was something that God reserved for himself and for his only son. God's intention was to use Abraham to teach us, to show us what he would do. And the source of all the promises coming through the resurrected Jesus Christ. Genesis 23 is the negotiations for Sarah's burial. Of the land promised to Abraham, he owned only a cave where he buried Sarah. So the down payment, the realization of all the promises of God is not only a cross, but an empty cave. An empty place that was given to Jesus at the base of Calvary. It's a burial plot, but you will not find the body of Jesus there because all the promises of God are now guaranteed. And there is one now who sits resurrected and alive, having conquered death at the right hand of the Father, asking, interceding, guaranteeing, and sending all the promises of God to us. And now we see only the first installments, the first possession of the land, of all the great promises that are ours guaranteed. Today... Today you can lay claim to all the promises of God, not based on your good works, hallelujah, because ba- you know, it's how many resolutions did you make that you've already broken, no offense, not based on some noble deed that you've done, I alone here, among all the congregants, have climbed Mount Everest, I haven't, neither have you, not based on perfect behavior, not based on heritage, Your claim to all the promises of God is not your goodness, not your nobility, not your lineage, not your education. But it is your relationship to Jesus, the Messiah who met all the necessary requirements. It's his card. It's got his name on it. He is the only son of promise. He is the one on whom all the promises of God hinge. Without Jesus, there is no promise, no blessing, no surety. But because of Jesus, there is promise, there is blessing, there is surety. Today, today, now, new decade, new time, tons of promises. Doesn't that make you just want to go into your Bible and start collecting promises? Yes. All the promises that you possibly can get. Don't you just want to amass promises? I will tell you something about myself that I really don't want to tell, but I'm going to tell because the spirit of God is on me and he's the spirit of truth and he makes me speak truth. I am a pine cone collector. <laughs> I walk my dog with a grocery bag that I collect pine cones on. You know why? Because my grandson years ago showed me that pine cones burn so beautifully in a fireplace. They like sizzle and then they begin to pop and spark. He, used, he taught me to collect pine cones. And we would collect pine cones and he moved away and I still had a bag, a paper bag full of pine cones. And I was kind of upset so I just, duck them into my fireplace all at one time. I almost blew up the house. (laughs) But there is something in me that loves to collect pine cones. And whenever I see a pine cone, I just want to collect it. I want as many pine cones. I had two huge boxes of pine cones. And my daughter-in-law said, you know, mom, you have enough. And I said, that's what you think. (laughs) I went through those in two days. And two days ago, I walked Barnabas, and I collected so many pine cones, I had to take them back home, and drop them off at my house and get another bag. And this is just in the Mesa Verde area. I want as many pine cones as I can possibly get because they make my fire so beautiful and it pops and it's so nice. And Brian says buying wood is a waste because you just burn it up. So I collect pine cones. I've collected them even off of MacArthur out there, big ones, beautiful ones. Sometimes if you get the ones that are all compact, they even pop better because they still have the sap in them. Don't try this. I'm, gonna, I'm collecting as many pine cones as I can. All the time, I see a pine cone, I'm like, excuse me a second, there's something in me. Or like, oh, look at all the pine cones. And I'm thinking, okay, if I drive back and start collecting them, as long as I'm wearing a hat and sunglasses, nobody will know who I am. Especially if I come back without Barnabas, the dog. But I get people going, I saw you with a bag, walking your dog, did you? huh, yet promises of God are so much better than pine cones, but they'll make your life pop, <laughs> and they'll bring beauty and warmth and comfort, joy. Don't you want to collect as many promises as you can? Don't you, I love to take my grandkids on a pine cone collecting tour with grandma. I give them all a bag and say, who can collect the most pine cones? for grandma's fireplace and we put them in. Stockpile the promises of God. Have them ready when your children and your grandchildren come over. Collect the promises for your neighbors and for others. So many that you can give them away. I have way too many pine cones. Take some. I haven't done it yet because I don't feel that way. don't you want to collect the promises of God? Don't you want to just stockpile them so when people come over, you're like, oh, wait, I think I can find a promise for you. Or when they're talking about something that they're going through, you can go to your heart and start going through it and say, yes, and the Holy Spirit will say, that's the promise. And you'll pull it out and say, oh, I've got something for you. Here's a promise of God. Because all the promises of God are yes. They're ours. And in him they are so they will happen. Amen. To the glory of God through us to Corinthians 120. Today, because of Jesus, all the promises of God are available. All oh, as many as you want. Get the market bags ready. Get it ready. Stockpile your house full of the promises of God. Because of Jesus, they are all ours. Pray the promises of God over your children. Pray them over your neighbors. Pray them over your friends. Pray them. Use them. Live in them. Wrap your presents with them. there you.
0: Faith and obedience brought Abraham into the promises of God, and they all centered around Isaac, the son of promise who was born from a barren woman and whom he waited for and loved. It was this same son that God asked Abraham to give as a burnt offering. It sounds extreme, but God was using Abraham to create a prophetic picture, a picture that portrays that all of God's promises and blessings depend upon His beloved Son, Jesus, who lived and died for us. God's promises and blessings never depend upon our good works, but only on the work of Jesus. And as we put our faith in Jesus, we'll be forgiven and receive all the promises of God. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll look at the will of God as we continue our series, Our Great Creator, in the book of Genesis with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com.